There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most, State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My mom grew up with going to therapy is a weakness. Now it's being more normalized. Now people understand, but it's like, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. What exactly is trauma? Trauma is a subjective definition in some way, because I cannot tell you if you're traumatized or not. This topic of post-traumatic growth is precisely for people that have gone through difficult experiences like you, and they, they turn this pain into a purpose. Yeah. Hey, what up, y'all? Welcome back to my podcast, Cheekies and Chill. Today's episode is going to be a little heavy. That's because we're going to be talking about trauma, but not in the typical way. Yes, we're going to talk about what trauma is, but we're also going to talk about some of the so-called gifts of trauma. And we have a really great guest with us today. So let's get into it. This is Cheekies and Chill. Here with me today is clinical psychologist Edith Shiro. She's based in Miami and she has a private practice there where she specializes in trauma. She's also the author of the book, The Unexpected Gift of Trauma. Dr. Shiro, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, this invitation. I love sharing time with you and spending time with you. So thank you. you. You're so sweet. (laughs) You're so sweet. Thank you. I'm so excited. I mean, I have so many questions for you, but I want to start off with your background. What interested you in, you know, studying trauma? I always have this very professional answer, but I also have a very personal answer. And my answer is that I come from a family of war survivors, Holocaust survivors. My grandparents were in concentration camps. My other set of grandparents are refugees from Syria. And I am myself, like, as you know, and you probably too, I'm a immigrant in a few different countries. So that experience of going through traumatic events and then living it myself in some way, I mean, I have a few traumatic experiences myself, um, have informed me, not only for my personal, obviously my personal life, but my professional work. So I've always had this curiosity, you know, in the community that I was living in in Venezuela, of like how all these immigrants and people 
were adjusting to the country and a lot of them came from uh, war-torn countries and you know difficult uh, journeys to get to South America and that was always my question how do people survive how do people do this how come some people do so well like my grandfather for example and some people do so bad like my grandmother you know like it was this contrast and I was super curious of the human condition so so how old were you when when you when you realized this when you realized I want to study trauma so uh, I've always been interested in psychology ever since I was a little girl and people in my school always call me like the psychologist and people would come to me and to ask me questions and I always was very curious about the human condition. Also, when I had to formalize my years of study, there was always a research question and my questions always came to how come some people have more and more in touch with their feelings and some are not why people having personality traits that help them Mm -hmm. thrive in life and some people stay stuck. Like I've always had these questions and also my doctoral dissertation 25 years ago was on post-traumatic growth. So really my book, I wrote this 25 years ago already, like all this research and all this stuff was already, yeah. So it's been really my interest all my life. Oh, I love that. So it's you were born to do this. You were born to do this. And that's that's and I'm asking how old you were because I've wanted to study psychology since I can remember since I was in high school because I was sexually molested by my dad. And oh. I started going to therapy at 12 and I said, oh, my gosh, this really helped me. I'm, I'm a different person after therapy. I want to help people. Of course, life changed and I had to help my mom and I wasn't able to go to school. But I'm like, darn it hey, maybe it's not, it's never too late. You know, maybe I could, you know, and still do it because it's something I'm very passionate about. No, (laughs) thank you for sharing that, Chikis. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm actually very impressed that you were in therapy at 12. That doesn't usually happen because Mm -hmm. parents are not usually that aware that being in therapy is so helpful, especially when you've had an experience like that. Yeah, and you know what? It, It was... The police department, I believe, or the doctor that I went to see because my mom, she grew up with going to therapy is a weakness sort of thing. Right. You know, so she didn't she didn't know any better. So to her, it's like, what do you mean you need therapy? That's for someone that's not mentally okay. And it's like now it's being more normalized. Now, you know, people understand. But it's like it's the best thing that ever happened to me was going to therapy which is why it sparked that in me. So anyway, that's why I wanted to ask you. So thank you for sharing. Now I know you were born to do this. <laughs> yeah, but actually, but actually I'm curious when you say that because, you know, this topic of post-traumatic growth is precisely for people that have gone through such difficult experiences like you. And they, they turn this pain into a purpose. Then they turn, yes. you know, the, the wound becomes the medicine. Yeah, the breakdown mm-hmm. becomes the breakthrough. So you're such a beautiful example of post-traumatic growth thank you thank you that's what I had to do you know I I I was very shy to talk about it for so long and I said why I mean let's just keep it under wraps and and my mom was the one that helped me with that and said you know what you're gonna help other little girls and from then it just something just clicked in my mind and I said yes I have to help people this happened to me for a reason because God knew I was gonna be able to get out of it to help other people and it's like you said, I, I turned it into a purpose, into something positive. So if you can explain to me and to my listeners, what exactly is trauma? Yeah. So I get asked that question all the time and I love it because trauma has been changing in its definition. Maybe 15 years ago, we would talk about trauma referred to the soldiers that would come from war, from the Vietnam War, from the Afghan, you know, and they'd say, oh, yes, that's somebody that is traumatized. 
that's when the definition of post-traumatic stress disorder became into like the diagnosis, the clinical diagnosis of psychiatry and psychology. That's when it got more accepted, right, in the 1970s, I would say. But then as we move along and we learn more about the traumatization and the experiences that are difficult for people, we've expanded, at least in the way that I work, we've expanded the concept of trauma. And in my book, I offer a definition of trauma that is any overwhelming experience for which we don't have the tools and any experience that shatters your belief system about yourself, about others, and about the world, right? And then you have to like rearrange who you are and who other people are and how the world functions. At that moment, you don't have the tools, you don't have the resources to really comprehend. And it can be like a big thing. It can be a war. It can be earthquake. It can mm -hmm. be sexual abuse. It can be an accident can be the loss of a loved one, but also cheekies, it can be small things. It can be the microaggressions that you live when you walk down the street and you're right. being rejected or discriminated against or, you, or when you're mm -hmm. being bullied in school for many years or when you get divorced and then all of a sudden you lose oh not only goodness. your partner, but also yeah. your friends or when you don't get invited into the, your friend's house and then, you know, all your girlfriends, you know, stop talking to you. Like these are things that for some people are very traumatizing, for some people are not. And that's why trauma is a subjective definition in some way because I cannot tell you if you're traumatized or not. I mean, mm -hmm. you are the one that can tell me, you know what, Edith? Uh, the pandemic was very traumatizing for me. Okay, maybe for me it wasn't, but for you it was super traumatizing. So I'm not the one to like define for you what's traumatic or not. So that's why I want to expand that definition. I love that. I love that because I think so many people need to also be okay with my experience is different from yours and it's okay. It's not, that's why I don't like people saying sometimes, oh, you're so dramatic. Wait a second. It didn't, it affected me in a different way. Like you said, for instance, the pandemic, some people thrive, some people loved it. Some people were just traumatized, like you said. So I, I love that you explain this because I don't want people to feel ashamed. If anything, we all deal with things differently. So I love that. I, I want to also ask you like how, do people know when to seek help? Yeah. So I always think that being in relationship is the best meaning, like being able to express how you feel and identify your emotions and being able to be getting validated is always important. So you don't have to wait until you're very traumatized for that. But one of the signs that we can see is if you're feeling triggered by things that happen in your life and you have like um, disproportionate reactions. If you are having recurrent nightmares, if you're having hyperarousals, if you're constantly paranoid at what's going on, if you're having the typical fight, flight or freeze response in your everyday life, and I can tell you more about that. If you are repeating a behavior over and over and over and you don't know where, where is that coming from? It's like, I know I'm doing this wrong and I keep falling into it. And I keep doing it and I can't get out of it. Mm -hmm. If you're having addictive behaviors, you know, addictions are invariably a response to a very traumatic event earlier in life. So all these things are signs of like traumatic events and that you have to seek help. Okay. So you guys, you guys hear that. Okay. And I don't want anyone that is listening to feel like something is wrong with them. Like they are broken. We all go through things. You guys, I have gone through a lot of things and the thing is just seeking help and there's nothing wrong with asking for help. You guys. So just wanted to put that out there. <laughs> this is Neil Strauss 
host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes about six million approximately 11 million dollars nearly 10 million dollars was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry she would probably have sex with one of her clients hide your money in your old rich men because <laughs> she is on the prowl listen to queen of the con season five the athlete whisperer on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts In my book, I offer these five stages of how to get there. And the first stage is radical acceptance. And that's exactly what you did during the pandemic. You you went into that place yeah. of pause and say, okay, let me look at the situation in the face. Let me be honest, like radically honest with myself. Let's put a name and an identify what's going on with me, what's going on with my marriage, what's happening in my in my life this time. And let's call it for what it is. And that's when you really begin to do to, to this process of change. And that's when you're able to get that gift on the other side, you know? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Thank God. Thank God for you. <laughs> <laughs> for you. Uh-huh. And for you. <laughs> 
Um, what can you tell us? Like, what prevents people? Now that we're talking about healing, you know, and coming out on the other side, like, what prevents people from healing? Yeah, that's a great, 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 great question. So, block number one is thinking that trauma is a life sentence, and mm. thinking, okay, oh yeah, I was sexually abused. That's it. I'm doomed. I'm miserable. My life is going to be the worst. I have no way out. Not knowing that there are other possibilities. Another kind of blocking is when the context and the people around are continuing to oppress, you know, mm. the, the person and not, not allowing that prefer that person to come out. For example, women that are experiencing domestic violence, if they live in a country in which they're not even able to voice that, to be validated for that, how are they going to even begin to, to deal with trauma? You know what I mean? It's like right. they're in a, in a country like, okay, they have to be oppressed. They have to be abused. They are like not treated properly and not treated with, with the respect and the honor that it requires for another human being. You can't even begin to heal from trauma. And that goes for collective trauma too, Chiquis. For example, we go, our countries, our Latin American countries that are, have been in different kinds of oppression, dictatorship or colonization. How can we even begin to heal from those traumas as a collective, oh, right? If right. we don't acknowledge that, if we don't realize it, if we don't put a name to it, if we don't identify and say, okay, this is what happened. This is exactly what's going on and have that radical honesty. So there are a lot of variables. Also, of course, there are personality traits. There are other systemic situations, context, you know, that influence it. But yeah, these are some of the things that really block the, the being able to heal. Okay. And do you think like, for instance, let's take away all those exterior things, you know, the first step would be, and I, I, I mean, this is something I believe, um, but the first step would be accepting, accepting, okay, this happened. What can I do? Correct? Absolutely. The first step is, you know, stop ruminating about it. You know how a lot of people, I, I mean, I used to do this also. It's like you stay in that thought and it keeps repeating, oh, I'm not good, I'm mm -hmm. not good, I'm, you know, this is horrible. The worst is going to happen. That kind of rumination is not healthy. People that tend to really look at the very, very negative, hopeless, and that's part of the traumatic experience, right? So it's when you're able to put a stop for that, even if it's a pause, even because you're suffering so much, usually this is when it happens, that you're suffering so much and you're so uncomfortable and you're so like fed up, like you hit rock bottom and you say, that's it, that's it. I have to do something different because I can't take it anymore. That's when people begin to change. That's when it's like, yeah. it really touches something that says, mm -hmm. I can't handle it anymore. I, I've been an addict, I've been drinking, I'm about to destroy my whole life or I've been treated badly my whole life, I need to change my life, or I, you know, my relationships are going horrible from one to the worst to the worst, I need to do something about it. So that's when the change begins to happen. Yes, so it's like saying, ya basta, hasta aquí, I'm not doing this anymore, I want to change, accepting it and seeking help, you guys, and just really doing the work. Which is the second stage. The second stage of, of you know, what I'm proposing is this seeking help, which I think you did amazingly. I mean, that's unusual. Thank you. Yeah, to really say it's called safety and protection. It's like, okay, I know what I have. Let me trust somebody, usually it's a family member, usually is a therapist, usually is a guru, a group, an organization that you reach out and you say, please, you know, I'm here and you're being validated and you're being recognized. Like, so mm -hmm. if you're 12 years old and you've been sexually abused, it takes an adult that validates that experience and say, you know what, I understand what happened. 
I'm sorry this happened to you. Let's get help. But there's that recognition, mm-hmm. that acknowledgement that something is going on. Like when you're a, let's say you have an addiction. Yes, you have an addiction to shopping, you know, to the phone, you know, to pornography. Yes, okay, I have an addiction. Let's talk about it. Yes, I recognize it. The other person is recognizing for you. Let's do something about it and start looking for what are the appropriate ways to help. Yes, absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Um, I'm loving this conversation, by the way. <laughs> it's right up my alley. Este, um, do you have anything like type of exercises or ways that people can cope with it until they find the help and, and find a therapist? Because I think that's a mo- the beautiful thing. You guys all people that listen to me know that I'm a huge advocate for therapy and counseling and life coaching and all that stuff. And it's important to find someone that you connect with, you know, and like Dr. Shiro said, someone that's going to recognize and validate your feelings. I think sometimes that's all we need. It's like, okay, you're not crazy. Uh, It's okay. I I know what you're talking about. Let me help you give us tools. But for someone that, let's say, can't afford it or hasn't found or can't find someone, what exercises or, or what can you tell them or tell us how to cope, how to, you know, start the process? Yeah. So listen, the trauma, what it does, it fragments and isolates us. It really, that's like a major thing that does that. Why? Because we are in shame. We are humiliated. We are embarrassed. Like, oh my God, this happened to me. How am I even going to talk about it? I'm embarrassed even with my own self, like looking at myself in the mirror for what I'm doing or for what I'm being. So it's very difficult to break free from that. That's why I'm saying like healing is for courageous people. Like it takes a lot of courage to do this. And yes, it's not always therapy. That could be the first thing there. And not everybody has access to that. Unfortunately, not yet. Hopefully that will change. But, you know, having a person a space that can be a safe space, a holding Mm. space, it's good enough. If you have a best friend that is willing to listen, not to judge, not to tell you what not to do, just to listen and to hold you. If you have a yoga teacher that is wise enough to really sit with you and identify these things and listen to you and give you emotional support, if you have a family member, if you have a group of people in your family, if you have a group of friends that you feel comfortable enough, if you have a religious organization, let's say, or a spiritual, it doesn't really matter so much what the context is and who the person is, but it has to be a place that is safe. Yes, I agree. Feeling safe is so huge, you guys. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. 
Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tell us a little bit more about the book, um, just because I think it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful gift in itself. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very, very, very excited about it because it's been, it's been cooking there inside of me for all these years. And I finally, at some point, like three years ago, I was like, I have it right here in my throat and I need to get it out. <laughs> you know? Oh my God. Thank goodness. Yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah. I'm very, very happy. And people have been very receptive and very grateful for that. The first part of the book is more like defining what trauma is, what post-traumatic growth is, the intergenerational transmission of trauma, collective trauma. I talk about epigenetics. I talk about a few different things to clarify, you know, and and topics that people ask me all the time. The second part of the book is the five stages that it's very interesting because you can can look at the book and, and see like, okay, which stage am I in right now? And there are a few exercises for each stage where you can be in. At the end of the book, there's like a questionnaire, like, are you in post-traumatic growth or not? So it's like a dynamic book in that sense. Like you can open it at any page and say, okay, let me see where I'm at with this. Or let me look at, you know, maybe this stage or the next stage or how, how does it that. flow. Yeah. I was going to tell you because I'm, I'm kind of that type of reader. I'm a skimmer. Yeah. And I like books like that where I could just be like, okay, let me see where I open it. And that's what my soul needs in the moment. So exactly. Totally. I love that. <laughs> and can you share just a few, like what, a few gifts of trauma with us without giving up too much, but. <laughs> no, but listen, I mean, I think everybody that goes through their own trauma and does the work of this process gets a gift. 
every single one. So every patient, every group, every community that I work with, when they go through this experience, for example, I work with 9-11 people, I work with Cambodian refugees, I work with the, I don't know if you remember in Miami, the Surfside collapse when uh, 98 people died. Yes. Yeah. So even in like little moments like that, for example, a lot of the survivors created a sort of a community and became a family, you know, and that was incredible to see. And it's been a year and a half and people still are connected in that way. So, yes, it's a tragedy. It's horrible. I don't wish it on anybody. But what comes out of it sometimes is like people have rearranged their lives. I had a couple that went through infidelity. This was during the pandemic and they were desperate. You know, she was freaking out and saying, I can't believe this is happening to me. My life is destroyed. I don't believe in anything anymore. And I said, do you want to go through this process or you want to separate? Because you can, you know, like a lot of couples, you can just separate. They said, you know what? We're willing to do the work. They actually worked really hard to get this marriage. And we went through wow. very dark places with, with the two of them. And we looked at different things. Their four children were like also, you know, incredibly aware of all the changes that were happening in the in the marriage. And at the end, towards the end of this process, and of course, this is an ongoing situation. It's not like everything is perfect, but they were like, wow, I have a new marriage. This is a new marriage because this person has changed. I have changed. I know him better. She, he knows me better. We have a different way of communicating. Yeah. We understand what our priorities are. You know, so these are gifts that you get when you, actually are willing to dive in and do this work. For some people, it's a, a spiritual awakening. And for some people, it's like they find their life mission. Yes. That's why you see, for example, the mentor that was an alcoholic, but he went through so much, a drug and alcohol. So now he mentors everybody else. Or somebody that had a really difficult childhood experience with parents, then they become like the amazing, you know, summer camp counselor that works with children and heals all the children, you know, that these things happen. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. So basically, it's something beautiful can come out of a traumatic experience and situation, guys. So that's how I take it. And that's what I feel that I've tried my best to do in my life. Yes, I've gone through a lot of pain, but how am I going to turn that pain into power? So if you are going through something difficult. If you've lost a loved one or anything that we've talked about, I definitely recommend this book. I think it's it's beautiful. I'm so glad that you wrote it and it's out and ready for people to read because especially now more than ever, we need the help. And I say we because I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You know what I mean? Everything could be okay right now, but life is a roller coaster of emotions. You have ups and you have downs and you have to ride it and know how to deal with it. Even if you're not going through something right now, I think the book would definitely help you. And it sounds a little cliche. Oh yeah. Turn something into positive, but no, honestly, it's all in your mind. It's like, not all in your mind, but I'm saying like, it's like for you to make the choice. I want to put in the work, like that couple that you said, you mentioned, they said, okay, we are deciding to stay together despite what everyone else says. And we're willing to put in the work and look, now they have a new marriage and that's, that's beautiful. It's wonderful. Yeah, I'm happy that you're saying choice because it does take a choice, an attitude to confront these situations. I mean, I have an extreme example. I don't know if you've heard of Viktor Frankl. He was a psychiatrist from Vienna who was persecuted in the war during the Second War, and he was in concentration camps. And he, after the war, he survived, and he wrote this amazing book, The Man in Search for Meaning. I don't know if you know this book. It's I've, very I popular. I feel like I have, yes. Yeah, yeah. And he created, he developed this theory of um, this whole movement, this whole approach called logotherapy. 
And he says, when I was in the worst of the worst, in the middle of the war, in those camps, I was between life and death. I was thinking how I was going to get out of this war and I was going to give talks and I was going to give conferences and teach people about how to have meaning in life. And that choice of attitude, that change of attitude is what made a difference. Because he said, you can get stripped of everything in life except one thing, except the willingness to choose how you're going to face the situation. Right. Yes. So not only that you get to to have a purpose in life, but I think also one of the things that I see, Chick, is that it's so beautiful is that you have a new appreciation for life. People that have gone through difficult things and then they come out of it, they begin to see life in a different way. They appreciate the nature more. They appreciate their friends more. They appreciate their family. So those are gifts that you get out of this trauma. Mm -hmm. Another thing that happens is that your relationships become more deep, more meaningful. You're not so much into that superficial, sometimes bullshit, but you get into like deep connections, deep connections with other people. Another thing that happens is like you're more in gratitude, like you're, mm -hmm. you're very grateful for being alive. You're grateful for who you are. You realize that you have more strength. So for the next situation that happens or the next challenge that happens, it might be difficult too, but you have, right? But you know, oh, I overcame this. I went through this. I can do this again. It makes you stronger. It makes you stronger. It makes you more resilient. Of course, it makes you say, I believe in myself because I was able to overcome this already. And I know I grew from it. Another thing that happens is this, what I call this spiritual awakening. And that is a, a, an amazing thing. You know that there's research, Chick is going on, that when people have gone through trauma and they connect spiritually more, and I don't mean religious, it's not like an organized religion, but it's more like you feel like you're connected to a, a bigger thing, to a higher being, to interconnected with the universe. A higher power. To a higher mm. power. There's a, even biologically, there's also an indication. People have a thicker cerebral cortex. They, they develop even physically. Something changes in your, in your brain. And that thing is so amazing because it's, imagine that, an in, a physical indication of your spiritual awakening. How powerful yeah. is that? Not only that, but also it actually is a protective factor against future trauma against future challenges so people that have developed this mm -hmm. are already like having all the, these tools these amazing tools that protect them for future challenges or future yes. you know, adversity and it's like wow is it wasn't that worth it wasn't mm -hmm. that worth it to go through this you yes. know <laughs> oh my goodness this is like confirmation for me that Maybe this is why I'm such a spiritual person because I've gone through so much. And yes, like I always say, I, yes, I'm a victim of child abuse. Yes, I'm a victim of abandonment and this has happened to me, but I don't feel sorry for myself. I'm not going to victimize myself. I want to come out better. And I'm like, how am I going to use this to help other people? And for me, I feel like that's become a mission in my life and it has connected me. And I feel like I'm one of God's favorite or the universe or whatever you believe in. Like, I feel like I'm one of the favorites because I'm like, okay, I made it out. I'm here I am. And then I see the world in a different way. And this is just like, whoa, we're well, on the right track. Ay, vamos, vamos muy bien. Que belleza, me encanta. Yes, I honestly feel like I, I'm, I'm going to be okay. And, and, and I feel like you said, I feel ready. I'm like, not that I'm saying I want something to happen, but if something were to happen, I feel like I know 
how to deal with it. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll be okay. You know what I mean? It gives me more hope. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. <laughs> I love it. I love that you're sharing that, Chikis. And can I tell you something else? One of the things that I've seen is that once you do this transformation in yourself, you are able to pass that on to the next generation. How amazing is that? Mm -hmm. Is that not only emotionally, not only like in your lifetime, but something happens in your body that registers all that, all that changes. And even in your DNA, that it gets registered. So the next generations are going to carry on that transformation, are going to carry on that growth and that wisdom that you have. Because in the same way that trauma gets transmitted from generation to generation, right? When we have our ancestors go through war and through killings and to violence, and we carry that, and then we have that cycle of trauma, you know, If you were sexually abused, your parents were saying your mother was sexually abused and your grandmother was sexually abused and your great-grandmother, right? So it takes a lot to break that cycle. But also when you do that transformation and you have all those gifts, that also gets passed on into the next generation. So that's incredible oh, that, you beautiful. know, think of it not just for yourself, but for the people to come, you know? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Where I'm like, yes, I want, I'm here to break generational curses and I want to learn the lesson so that we don't pass it on to my children and the children of my children. Yes, see, so on and so forth. So absolutely. <laughs> yes. I wanted to quickly share like a little story because you were saying about like how once you go through trauma, you see life in a different way, right? We were talking about that right now. I, and I'm not going to say her name, but I, I have, I know someone who before she went through a very traumatic experience, she was out and drinking and having fun. She's like, I'm young. I'm going to live my life. You know, so que tanto. And she got in a car with someone that was driving under the influence of alcohol. They crashed and she became paralyzed. And she, of course, it's, it's, it's a huge thing to go through you know what I mean but through her pain and that's something I feel that someone she did it so beautifully that yes yeah, she was very sad for a while and then she started reading books and she took therapy and went to a psychologist and now she's like yeah I don't have my legs but I still have my eyesight and I can still speak and she goes and she speaks to different people and she changed that pain and that traumatic experience into something it became her testimony almost I see you know part of like her testimony of going out and telling people, look, this is how I used to live my life. And then this happened. But now I'm even happier than I was before, which is I was like, whoa, you know what I mean? It taught me a lesson. So yes, the pain is inevitable, but the suffering is a choice. You know, we, we go through pain, yes. right? But suffering, we can choose if you want to suffer or not. It's unfortunate, you know, that we sometimes we have to learn And we have to grow from so mm -hmm. much pain, you know. And one of my questions that I always have, is it possible to do that transformation without that accident? Is it possible to change our lives and to be in more gratitude and more wisdom and more mm -hmm. awakening states and more consciousness without having to suffer so much? And that's something that she also mentioned and that sometimes I feel life tells us and is telling us slow down, you know, change your life and then... We're kind of forced. And she she says that she had missed. She says there were a lot of signs that were telling me to stop drinking. I knew what I was doing and I didn't listen. Yeah. So I, I think it's it's definitely possible. We just have to listen and be aware. You know, um, I was going to ask because, oh, because, yes, your book also uh, talks about post-traumatic growth. Correct. Yes. I always ask people 
Do you know what post-traumatic stress is, PTSD? Everybody's like, yeah, we know, everybody knows. When I say, do you know what PTG is, which is post-traumatic growth, most people don't know. And that's why this book for me, it's so exciting because it's really bringing that concept into the world. And of course, I didn't invent it. It was this um, very, very intelligent, brilliant psychologist at the University of uh, North Carolina that coined the term like 20 years ago. And it's post-traumatic growth, which is really the positive changes that come after a difficult, challenging event and that bring on changes, that bring on transformation in your life that is very meaningful. And how how exactly is it achieved or is it more of like a, a longer conversation? Well, but that's why that's why I was talking about these five stages that I really talk about in my book. And I say, you really want to achieve post-traumatic growth? You go through these five stages. And by the way, these five stages, I didn't invent them. I'm more describing them because this is what I've seen people go over and over and over from the last 25 years in my professional, my research. This is what happens. People go into this radical acceptance stage, into this awareness. Then uh, we can go into awakening. Then we go into new narratives. Then we go into integration. And then we go into wisdom and growth. And that's where you get to the post-traumatic growth. And these are not linear stages. You know, you can go, they're circular. You can go back, you can go forth, you can go up, you can go down. But this is usually what happens. You can open the book and you say, oh, yes, I'm on stage three. I'm in new narratives. This is what's happening to me. Or, oh, no, I'm in stage four of integration. I'm already went through this to that. For example, you, is you're already in stage five. Ooh, <laughs> no, you're like, great. You've been through that. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> okay. I don't know how you are in your in your divorce. I don't know what stage you're in, but in your sexual abuse, you're definitely in your stage five. <laughs> awesome. También con lo del divorcio, stage five. <laughs> Eso. Este. <laughs> I came out of it and I, I'm grateful. I'm grateful, honestly. Beautiful. And, um, yeah, it was a tough, very tough moment for me, pero, pero me ayudó mucho a crecer en muchos aspectos. I, things I wanted to change about myself as well. It wasn't just him. Now I could see the things that I've done, so or that I did. Exactly. <laughs> Pero bueno, um, I do have one last question, and, and quickly, I just so the people that are listening, do you have any tips for finding the right uh, trauma therapist or psychologist? You know, finding a trauma therapist is like shopping. You have to try a few different ones before you connect to somebody. Mm-hmm. And the most important thing is that you feel safe. So any therapist. Of course, you know, make sure that the person is licensed, that the person has some experience, not necessarily have to have the most experience. Some people have 30 years, uh, you know, of experience are not as good as some people that have five. It depends who the person is and who you connect with, but make sure that person has experience in working with trauma and that person makes you feel safe. Yeah. And I love that. I love that you say safe. That's that's a very important word, you guys. So, so thank you so much, Dr. Shiro. La verdad... Encantada de platicar contigo. Um, you guys, igual. Uh, thank you. You were wonderful and you explained everything so beautifully. Uh, and you guys can, you know, go out and, and get her book, The Unexpected Gift of Trauma. Actually, where can we find you on social media, Dr. Shiro? Yes. So my book is The Unexpected Gift of Trauma, The Path to Post-Traumatic Growth. You can find it in Amazon. You can find uh, in the Barnes & Noble. You can find it in all the platforms, in Kindle, in Audiobook. And of course, you can find me at uh, Instagram, Dr. Edith Shiro, Facebook, the same, Dr. Edith Shiro, my website, 
www.dredithshiro.com or you can ask Chiki. She knows where to find me. Yes. <laughs> I love and, it. And, uh, you know, I would love to continue the conversation and hear from all of you what you think about this topic and where, where are you at with this? Yes. Ay, que linda. Muchas gracias. And you guys know, before we go, I do have a motivational quote for you. And the quote is, if you have been brutally broken, but still have the courage to be gentle to other living beings, then you're a badass with a heart of an angel. Que bueno. <laughs> I love that. Okay, I think it goes very well. <laughs> thank you so much for this invitation. It was very, very special. And thank you for sharing your experiences too. <laughs> thank you, que linda. Te mando un abrazo y un besote. And I hope you guys all found this episode informative and learned from our guest, Edith Shiro, Dr. Edith Shiro, should I say. And we'll be back with another episode of Chiquis and Chill on Monday. Los quiero mucho. Besitos a todos. Do you need advice on love, relationships, health, y más? I'm so excited to share with you that my Cheekies and Chill podcast will have an extra episode drop each week. I'll be answering all your questions. Just leave me a voice message con todas tus preguntas y yo te las voy a contestar personalmente. All you have to do is go to speakpipe.com slash Cheekies and Chill podcast and record your questions. I can't wait to hear from you. This is a production of iHeartRadio and the My Cultura Podcast Network. Follow us on Instagram at My Cultura Podcast and follow me, Chiquis, that's C-H-I-Q-U-I-S. For more podcasts from iHeart, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast and check us out on YouTube. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.